HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. For more information, visit mofad.org. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Buongiorno, you're listening to In The Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I am your host, Joe Campanelli, and we are coming to you from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, it's a beautiful morning, and um, if you are if you enjoy this episode of In The Drink, you can always tune in on Wednesdays at 10 a.m., uh, and you can find us on HeritageRadioNetwork.org or iTunes, where you can subscribe and get those episodes uploaded directly uh, for you. Um, I am very excited to start off with a big buongiorno today. We have uh, two uh, people from one of my absolute favorite estates. Uh, you'll find the wines at all of our restaurants at Delanima, Lartuzzi, Lepicho. Um, we have Elena Pantaleone and Giulio Armani from the La Stopa estate in Emilia-Romagna. Northern Amelia. Uh, welcome to In the Drink. It's so exciting to have you in the studio. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. Good morning to everybody. And uh, I should say that Julio uh, is, is a little shy with his English, so we'll have Elena uh, do some translation, uh, <laughs> if that's okay. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I want to say you guys came to town. There was a, uh, a big wine tasting recently called the Big Glue, and um, that this brought together many winemakers from around the world. Uh, and it seemed like of any wine tasting that was open to the public, this is the one that was the most popular, the most sought after. It was really nice to see. What what brought you to, to this tasting? What made you want to be part of this group? But, uh, we are used to, in uh, Europe, in France, uh, and Italy especially, to um, attend this, this sort of events. And we were very excited, too, to be at the first event uh, organized in New York like this, no? open to the public, because our wines uh, have to be um, promoted to the big public. So, um, uh, yeah, I couldn't miss it, of course. <laughs> and I think the defining feature of the uh, wines that are here, uh, producers that make wine in a, an organic manner, um, 
um, some might say a natural uh, a natural wine. Um, what and I, I think that your winery is is always kind of included and lumped in in, in this group. Um, I know that you guys only use organic materials. Uh, do you, how do you feel about that term natural wine? <laughs> But natural wine, uh, probably you know, we can't uh, even use the word. And uh, and in Italy, some people have had, um, a f- uh, how do you say, fee f- uh, for um, uh, have, for using this word because it's not allowed to to work. It's not. Um, so there's a fine if you write fine, it on. The, sorry. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, but it's true that is a, a normal way to to define these uh, these wines, no? Because it's over, is more than organic. Uh, organic certification in Europe is um, we lost a, a great occasion to do a serious thing, no? So organic in the vineyards is fine, but organic in the cellar. You can use almost all the things that you can use in conventional wines, just in small, smaller quantities. So it's nothing. So for us, it's uh, important to talk about the approach, an artisanal approach. No, so it's more than just organic. It's more than just a certification. So uh, I, I like to talk about wine instead of natural wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that what I do is wine, and. Um, uh, all the industrial wines should mm, be named as industrial products, and not we need to define our wine natural, no? Because these wines have been made uh, for centuries, for thousands of years, and then just in the last uh, maybe 40 years, everything has changed, and uh, a lot of technological uh, uh, products came to help to make wines in a more uh, industrial way. So, um, um, yeah, to, to talk about natural, uh, of course, it's uh, useful to define things, but it's not the right. It makes maybe. sense to me, your, your comments, your argument. Uh, however, most wine these days, unfortunately, is not made in the more natural way. Most wine is made in the industrial way. So it seems that the natural wine is the exception at this point, but it should be the normal. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like this. Can you explain um, your relationship with Julio and how long have you worked together? How did that start? I know Julio is the enologist, um, but how do you two work together and how long have you done it? So my father bought the estate in 73, 1973. My father was a printer. My grandfather was a printer. We are from the town close to our farm in Piacenza. So he was, um, uh, he, it was his passion, his dream, so he could buy it uh, in 1973. After uh, seven years, in 1980, Giulio arrived uh, to make a harvest. He was very young. And then uh, my parents um, believed in, in him and decided to, um, to keep, it, <laughs> keep him. And so he started to, um, to work. He traveled. He had the chance to go around in France mainly to learn and to see other estates. And um, and so there there was another uh, wine uh, how do you say no winemaker a cellar uh, master I don't know cantiniere an old one and then he slowly took over that thing and then um, I did other things before um, I was a kind of 
young and rebel, I didn't want to work with my parents, so I wanted my independence. My other passion is books, so I had a bookshop in Piacenza for four years. And then in 91, I said, okay, I'm, I'm, now I can work in the family business, so I arrived at the estate. So we have been working together since then, so now are 25 years. Um, to me, Giulio is very important because it gives also the, the continuity from my parents to me. Um, and, of course, he has a great experience after 35 years making harvest in the same place with the same uh, vineyards. So now, because I have to say another thing, yeah, my, my, my vineyard is quite, my, my winery is big, we have 30 hectares of vines and 28 uh, between forest and fields. So we have people helping us. Uh, it's not a, a family business, a small one. No? So it, there is a team that works um, with us. And so in the everyday job, um, he's more in charge of the production and me more in the um, managing the estate and the commercial side. Uh, but then we take the decisions together when we what the strategy and the wines and we taste and and then from uh, 2005 he's a, he has his own uh, wine called the Denavolo um, where he lives uh, he has uh, vineyards and then he vinifies at La Stoppa so now he has his own small um, winery. I see. We're, we're also big fans of Denavolo and Denavolino um, and Catavella. We can, you can find those wines yes. at our restaurants, especially at Delanima. Our restaurant Delanima loves, uh, loves those wines uh, so much. Um, Julia, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the, the biggest challenges with, uh, with your job, and especially working in the natural way and, and translating the tradition of that area uh, in, the, in the winery? Allora, ti chiede qual è la, la sfida, quali sono i problemi più grandi che incontri nella produzione, nel trasferire uh, le caratteristiche di quel territorio uh, nei vini. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, non ci sono problemi particolari o addirittura non ci sono problemi a lavorare come lavoriamo noi, anzi è più facile trasferire il territorio in bottiglia eh, nel modo in cui noi lavoriamo piuttosto che intervenendo con tecnologia eh, nel fare il vino. So he said um, uh, there aren't really problems no, to trans if the goal is to transfer the characteristics of the place in the bottles mm -hmm. is easier to do it in a less interven interventist Uh, way um, instead of using a lot of technology. Ah, that makes, I mean, that makes sense. But ima imagine, though, that um, in this method, in the style of less intervention, though, uh, there's potential for things going ways that you don't imagine, right? You have less control. Um, how do you ensure year in, year out that you get wines that you're happy with? Lui dice, sì, certo, se, se, se l'obiettivo è quello di trasferire il territorio nelle bottiglie, è me, cioè, ti viene più. però sicuramente ci sono dei rischi, ci sono dei, delle cose inaspettate, no? Com'è che affrontiamo le, le cose inaspettate? 
In verità non ci sono rischi, perché abbiamo negli ultimi tempi in generale il pubblico affronta l'assaggio del vino in una maniera molto tecnica che non è propria credo del consumo del vino siamo diventati troppo tecnici nell'assaggio e questo ci sta allontanando dalla tipicità del vino vino inteso come cultura quindi difficilmente abbiamo Uh, un'identità un uh, è, è sempre più difficile proporre la vera identità del territorio so he says he's very he has uh, I don't know how to say in English but uh, really um, farming common sense no? and that's after 35 years uh, doesn't mean that um, there aren't risks he, because he says there aren't risks no there are but he, he, he manage, manages them with, um, with a kind of sureness. No? Uh, he says that the biggest problem is the, that in the last years uh, the public has um, learned to taste the wine in a very technical way, no? losing the, the pleasure of... Uh, Uh, tasting different wines with different identities so the, um, the approach of tasting no, is very technical mm -hmm. um, it's not uh, yeah, pleasure to eat and drink no? but mostly to see to, to taste and to see where are the defects no? so in a very yeah, kind of study, not pleasure and wine for us is culture and pleasure <laughs> Yes, that makes sense. And I'd also like to ask you, with your De Navolo estate, do you try to do something different from La Stoppa, or is it the same idea but just with different vines? Dice, vorrebbe sapere con De Navolo se l'approccio la, la è uguale, se stai facendo dei vini simili alla, come alla Stoppa, oppure se c'è un diverso modo di, di farli o di ragionare sul De Navolo. Il fatto di poter um, vinificare uve provenienti da un territorio abbastanza diverso, uh, come lo sarà um, fra poco l'assaggio di una vinificazione nel, uh, in Sud America, eh, ci dà la possibilità di capire uh, molte cose e Uh, quindi non abbiamo, mh, non vinifichiamo in maniera diversa, non vogliamo uh, fare dei vini che somigliano a quelli di stoppa perché appunto ogni, uh, ogni terroir si deve esprimere al meglio e quindi cerchiamo sempre di non modificare quello che viene dalla terra. Quindi non abbiamo un modello di vino, l'avevamo in passato, ma non abbiamo un modello di vino, non ce l'abbiamo più perché non è giusto, non è corretto avere un modello di riferimento. So he said that um, having the chance to vinify uh, grapes from different places is very um, unreachable, no? Um, because it um, helps you to, to understand better the differences between the, the different soils. Mm -hmm. Um, the idea of making wine is um, not having a, a model in your mind and to follow and every year maybe to uh, do it 
every year the same, but to um, understand where you are and try to transfer in the wines uh, the characteristic of the soil. So if I can add something, for example, the Navolo is um, 10 kilometers south, uh, La Stoppa, uh, higher in altitude because La Stoppa is at 250 meters, the Navolo is 500 meters, the soil is completely different, and even if the vinification is the same, the wines that come out are really different, no? Vinification is the same, that means that is um, spontaneously fermented, long skin contact maceration with whites. At um, the Navolo, it only makes white wine. And um, the, the sugar content is very different because La Stoppa has usually quite high alcohol content. The Navolo is very low, it's about 10, 11 uh, percent of alcohol. So... Um, really is a, is a chance to learn no? every day uh, if you have the possibility to, to vinify in uh, different places. And he introduced another thing because uh, in South America, he said, because my mom uh, used to live in Chile for 20 years um, and she's coming back this year to Italy. She had um, an importing company of uh, Italian food products and then from 99 we have uh, land, we have vineyards. Now they are rented, but the next step will be making wine from there. So we are learning other things there. We are going there, the two of us, next week for wow. two weeks to make the harvest. That, that's breaking news, I think, right now. I mean, that's, uh, that's very, very exciting. <laughs> um, is it an area in Chile where you can find ungrafted vines? Yes. Yeah, wow. it's in the south of Chile, by the south, not Patagonia, of course, in the Maule Valley, mm -hmm. where the, um, there is a lot of um, incredible uh, treasure of those uh, very, very old uh, uh, plants of 200, 300 years, which is amazing for Europeans, no? Me um, thousands of hectares uh, of pais, mainly, which is this... Um, a local variety that in California is called Mission, in Canaria Island is called Listan Prieto. So the, the, the new ch the challenge, the new thing is to make uh, a wine with very old uh, vines, very old tradition, uh, traditional wine, but to promote it in um, in our new market. I don't know how to say to help the also the the farmers there. That they they are not so um, uh, proud of the of the, what they are doing because they don't know that that has a very high cultural value. They don't know how special it is. Well, on that uh, breaking news, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back with more with Elena Pantaleone and Giulio Armani from La Stoppa. of men and women who shed not only their clothes, but also their... Hi, this is Peter Kim, the executive director of MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. We're a nonprofit founded by Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues here on the Heritage Radio Network, and we want to take people on a learning adventure through the world of food. We just opened MOFAD Lab, our gallery space at 62 Bayard Street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where we are currently showing Flavor, Making It, and Faking It. Flavor features some very cool sensory interaction. 
Flavor tablets deliver tastings of vanilla and umami. And the Willy Wonka-inspired smell synth lets you compose over half a million different flavors. So come on by and visit MoFad Lab. We're open five days a week, and tickets are $5 for kids and $10 for adults. Learn more about the Museum of Food and Drink at mofad.org. All right, we are back uh, on In the Drink with Elena Pantaleone and uh, Giulio Armani from La Stopa Winery. I am so excited to have you guys in the studio today. I, I just absolutely uh, love your wines. Um, I know that we have to give a big hello before I forget to our friend Stefano Papetti Cironi uh, from De Fermo Winery. Hi, Stefano. Hi, Stefano. Ciao, Stefano. Ciao. <laughs> uh, it seems that there is a very good community amongst um, people who are involved in wine who make wine in a similar idea, similar style. Um, I just read that um, you had maybe mentored Ariana Okipinti for some time or worked with her. And uh, I think that's someone who, for sure, in, in New York, United States, has a very high reputation. Um, I imagine in Italy as well. Yeah, no, because I'm I'm very close friend of uh, Giusto Akipinti from Kos, who is, is her uncle. And when she came to Milan, which is close to my town, to make the university, Giusto said to me, "Can you take care of my little niece sometimes?" So from there, um, she used to come at my estate during the weekends uh, when she was free. And we are very close friends. Uh, and but the fact that we have, yeah, we are we are very close friends with many of our colleagues, because the way we make wine is just is not just to make a product, but it's a way of living. No, mm-hmm. so we we don't only share a job, but we share a, a lot of things uh, out of wine. Um, and there is a an incredible number of very nice people in our uh, uh, world now very interesting people mm-hmm. uh, most of them i would say all of them make this job with passion it was a choice and it's that makes a big difference now if you make your job with a lot of passion and this helps us to stay together and have a lot of fun and drink a lot of wine together is there um other than the sociable aspect, is there a lot of information exchanged, or do you feel that you've learned you learn from your own uh, winery? Um, I think that uh, the most uh, the most important thing that gathered us uh, is uh, the approach. No, so we can learn it from each other. Um, the approach, the respect for our places, but not the technical uh, way to make, I mean we can share of course, now we share mm-hmm. a lot of information about uh, um, about vineyards and cellar working um, but uh, I think that the um, most interesting wines really come from a very deep uh, work on each of us places so the approach is a uh, you can transfer that, no, the way to behave, but not the technical thing. So for us, for example, we are organic. We use uh, stainless steel tanks. We use concrete tanks. We use wood because for us it's important for our type of grapes, Barbera, Bonarda, to use wood for aging. Other people don't use wood at all because they, they think it's... Um, 
I don't know, it's too much no, for their wines, or they use amphors, or... But so this is just one aspect, mm-hmm. no, of course, or biodynamic uh, uh, way or organic. So there are many differences, but the result is always to to express um, na- natural, so healthy products and uh, sense of place, place-wise. Yeah. And then uh, I want to ask just about the some specific uh, wines of yours. Um, the I know that you can be in uh, technically, if you chose, you could be in the Guternio appellation uh, for the Macchiona and for the Trebbiolo too, and yes. for the Trebbiolo too. So it's a blend of Barbera and Bonarda, which is known as Crotina in the in yes. the vineyard, yes. right? Um, why, why have you chose not to be in the Guternio appellation? We have uh, we we did the Guternio since two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, our area. Colli Piacentini area um, is not focused, the consortium, the, the, the rules, to give identity to our place. We have the possibility to make, uh, I think, 16 or 18 different wines uh, in the DOC. So from Cabernet Sauvignon, Pinot Noir, uh, Sauvignon, Chardonnay, and then all the other local varieties. And identity for me is very important to define and to also for the public, no, to understand uh, what's Guturnio. Guturnio can be done in six different ways, from frizzante, almost sweet, to a wine like Macchiona, so a Guturnio Reserva, an aged wine. There is no wine in the world that you can have so many <laughs> different differences uh, with the same name, and that doesn't help to make the area more known. So my personal um, war, <laughs> I don't know, battle, is uh, the identity. So mm-hmm. I said La Stoppa is a very uh, known and very uh, old state at, in Piacenza. Uh, so if La Stoppa comes out of the DOC rules, something has to change, no? Actually, not even <laughs> no one. Nothing has changed really. <laughs> so, and it's a pity because the DOC helps you. Uh, no, it's a um, it's a treasure for the producers. But yeah. the um, producers, all of them, have to uh, have the same goal. And in Piacenza, unfortunately, the goal is only market. Market, market money, yeah. profit. Yeah. It's so. a shame because it's a historic name and it gives. The, a name, a name gives some identity as well, and yes. so you would guess that that would be. Uh, uh, you'd hope that 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 people would put the rules to make it something that is that is more unique and more special to the place. But it seems that there there that's an issue with many DOCs throughout Italy. Yes, not um, unique to Guternio. No. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, now the DOC is becoming more and more a property of the biggest estates mm-hmm. for the industrial estates and all us the, the smaller one as um, we are coming out all and it's a, a loss it's yes. a very so i can think of and i would imagine you're friends with with them but some great producers like poderi le bonchier 
um, who makes a fantastic wine, who recently dropped out of Chianti. Yeah. And, uh, Sanguinetto recently dropped out of Vino Nobile. Um, and these are like great wines. I think it would be a big loss to to the Appalachian. Yeah, Elisabetta Foradori or right. Pacina or La Distesa. Pacina. We are all um, go, coming out of the DOC. It's a really it's a big yeah. That's crazy. And then one, uh, I, I love your Ageno and the uh, Danavolo. There's a grape in there that I don't know anything about and can't find any information on. And whenever I explain it to the staff or to the guests, I, I don't have any. All I can say is it's a local grape. But what what is the deal with Ortrugo? Ortrugo. Ortrugo. Yeah. Ortrugo um, is uh, just local. Uh, and um, it's a uh, Kind of neutral, neutral, neutral grape. Neutral grape, so not flavorful. Yes. Okay. So um, uh, we have the most cultivated grape in our area is Malvasia di Candia Aromatica, which has a lot of personality, a a lot of aromas. So probably in the time, uh, in the past, they add this other grape that uh, gives a little bit more of acidity because Malvasia doesn't have a lot of acidity. Um, to slow down the aromaticity of mm-hmm. Malvasia and to give structure and um, and acidity. There is there are a lot of wines made out of Ortrugo 100% um, in the area, of course, and they are unknown <laughs> out we, of our area. Yeah, we don't see them at all. No, yeah. so mainly are uh, sparkling. Mm-hmm. Um, but there aren't any spumante, I guess. No, just sparkling. White and they are very suitable with our food. So salami. We we are in a very rich region for food, no? So all the salami, prosciutto, pancetta, all these kind of things, quite rich. They are very good with these kind of wines. Wow. And then one last question for Giulio. Uh, when you're making a skin macerated white wine, how do you know how long to keep it on the skins for? How do you know when it's ready uh, to remove the skins? Allora, una domanda per te Giulio sulla macerazione in bianco quando sai, come sai quanto tenere le bucce sulla, tenere vino sulle bucce quanto macerare mm. eh, abbiamo in questi anni eh, sperimentato diciamo diverse possibilità e da un'annata all'altra può cambiare il tempo di contatto abbiamo capito che le annate sono tutte diverse e quindi possiamo prolungare o accorciare il tempo di macerazione in base a quello che sta succedendo nella nella vasca quindi l'obiettivo è quello di avere un vino eh, con un certo equilibrio e questo si può capire naturalmente con l'esperienza già dalle prime fasi della vinificazione già vedendo le uve e sapendo qual è è stato l'andamento climatico dell'annata si possono già prendere delle decisioni che verranno poi confermate eh, successivamente dopo qualche mese eh, appunto in cantina so we we have a long experience on uh, on reds uh, long skin contact um, with uh, red grapes so um, more or less is the same with the whites uh, it depends on the quality of the vintage or the quality of the grapes 
um, we make um, pump over mm-hmm. um, at the beginning. So you can see every day how the juice fermenting changes. And uh, this, uh, the experience makes us think um, it's better to, to stop the maceration, it's better to go on exactly like uh, with red, red wines. And, and that was my follow-up question for both of you. Do you think that in any way white grapes and red grapes are inherently different um, when it comes to using the, the whole berry? It's a, a view that I have that uh, not many people, I think, who are my colleagues agree with, that, uh, that using the skins in the whole grape for a white wine is the way to make it fully express itself. The same way if you were going to remove the skins for a red wine, it will be... It could still make a tasty wine, but it's not the the true, the full expression of it because you're removing something. Or do you think there is some, and I, I know you guys would probably lean towards, you, you make skin macerated white wines, but do you think there's any in, anything inherently different between white grapes and red grapes in that way? Um, I think that there are uh, more differences between uh, red and red grapes mm-hmm. and between white and white grapes. Uh, so... Um, I try to explain myself, but places and grapes. So a Barbera, for example, has a very high acidity. Uh, color is not a big problem for, for us. Uh, very low tannins. Mm, Pinot Noir or Sangiovese or uh, Nebbiolo is completely different, no? Very low color, a lot of tannins. So it depends the places. If you are in a cooler place, Maybe it's better to macerate shorter, so you don't have to extract that much. Uh, and, ex- and the same for white. So Malvasia has a very thick skin, a lot of tannins, uh, in, uh, cultivated in a warm area. F- for us, it's better to make a, a long maceration. Mm-hmm. If you have Sauvignon or, I don't know, Chenin in a different place, doesn't make maybe a lot of sense to make a, a long skin contact maceration. That, I think that summed it up really beautifully. Um, thank you so much to thank Elena you. Ponzalioni and Joe. Giulio Armani. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It's Grazie. such an honor to have you here. And uh, you can find their wines, La Stopa and De Navolo wines, at any of our restaurants and uh, good retailers around town as well. Uh, Thank you so much to all of you for listening. This has been In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.